0: Welcome to Saird's Audio Fan Fictions. I'm Saird. Thanks for tuning in. Well, it's one-shot week. Today's one-shot is called Reset and Try Again by Arena Summer, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan fiction. Summary. Rewrite of season 1 and 2, epilogue of season 3. Buffy and Spike are together in a vague time after Angel ended. One day, Buffy wakes up to a clean slate on her first day at Sunnydale High. She remembers everything. Spuffy through and through. Rating 18, possibly NC 17, so no underagers. Tags include season rewrites, time travel, rewriting the past. Originally published. May 27th, 2010 Completed with 10 chapters I know a one-shot doesn't usually have chapters, but as this is only 92 pages, I still count it as a one-shot. Right. Let's start with chapter 1, shall we? Happy listening! (laughs) Prologue revenge buffy struck the vampire hard sending the evil vindictive bitch into a wall a few feet off the slayer was seeing red she was going to kill the vampires and she was going to do it slowly she was going to break every bone in her body maybe douse her with holy water or even set her on fire but at the end of the day it all came down to a pointy piece of wood and a cold dead heart It was only fair that this monster feel as much pain as she did. And Buffy felt a lot of it. At first, she'd been out for a quick kill, wanting to get the staking over with so she could grieve appropriately. But she had soon realized that Drusilla didn't deserve that small mercy. No, Buffy would cause her as much pain as the insane vampire had caused her. After everything she had done... After everything Buffy had accomplished and gained back, Drusilla had reset the slate and set everything back to the beginning. At first, Buffy hadn't known what had hit her. She remembered going to bed in her mate's arms, three years after closing the Sunnydale Hellmouth, feeling loved, happy, and sated. Then she woke up in her old house that technically didn't exist, with her should-be-dead mother in the kitchen making breakfast. What was the real kick was that she was in her 15, soon-to-be-16-year-old body, and according to the calendar, she'd only just arrived in Sunnydale. It had to be a nightmare. A sick trick to make her relive all the painful years that had finally ended. It had to be magic, the Slayer was certain. She had gone from blissfully happy, to a waking nightmare. And it looked like she was staying put. At first, she had been miserable, pouting and crying at the loss of her lover's mark on her neck, the loss of his love. But wait, she had realized. That was the future. Nothing bad had really happened yet. Maybe, just maybe, she could change it. She could save herself so much pain and bring happiness to herself much sooner. All she had to do was wait a bit. And wait she did. And now, oh now she got to kill the reason her life was so confusing. She could finally get rid of the reason that she had to do years of her life over again. Jusilla giggled madly as the Slayer stomped over to her. She didn't repent. Drew was enjoying the pain, and it made Buffy sick. She wanted to hurt her, but she had waited already too long. With no hesitation, Buffy grabbed the vampire by her hair, plunged the stake into her heart, and watched the dust settle. Drusilla was gone, and would not interfere again. Maybe this time Buffy would get to keep her peace. Maybe this time Spike would stay with her forever. Maybe this time things wouldn't go to hell. Chapter 1 A Better Start Sunnydale Season 1 Timeline Buffy walked slowly to the bronze. Technically, this would be her first time going to the club in Sunnydale, but she had difficulty acting like it. She wasn't fidgety or worried if her outfit looked all right for the club. She was too busy figuring things out. If she was going to change everything, she had to plan it out. She wouldn't tell Giles, not yet at least. He didn't know her now and would think she was defective or something. There is so much that the Slayer could and would hopefully change. She'd already handled a few things. First had been setting Cordelia in her place, making it obvious that this Slayer was not interested in being popular. She had already nicely earned her freak status, which was what Buffy wanted. She figured that if some things didn't stay the same, nothing good about her life in Sunnydale would happen. That was why she had purposefully dropped her stake and left Xander to pick it up. She'd spent the rest of the day setting things up and making a list of what needed her attention first. She'd already told Giles she would fight, slay, and train with him. A handy little perk was that she still had the experience and skills of when she had been truly happy after the Hellmouth, so many years into the future. But now... She had to deal with the Master. And die again. Fine. Now that she knew what would be waiting for her in the future beyond that, she could do it. She'd also have to kill Darla. If things stayed on track, she'd have to save Jesse, Willow, and Xander tonight as well. But before all that, she'd have to deal with Angel. Angel. She had to admit he had good timing. Just as her thoughts ran to him, she could feel his distinctive tingle on the back of her neck. Following the actions she'd performed long ago, Buffy turned a corner and sprung up to a pole that hung in the alley. She watched quietly as Angel walked through the shadows, and Buffy pounced. She kicked him down and placed a booted foot on his chest. Hi, I'm Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and you are? She greeted cheerily, though obviously annoyed. She knew she had to play it nice with Angel, but there was no way she'd fall into their sorry excuse for a relationship again. A friend, he spluttered. And although she really didn't want to, Buffy let him up. Angel massaged the back of his neck as he continued. Truth is, I thought you'd be taller. Or bigger muscles and all that. You're pretty spry, though. And you're pretty annoying. Clock's ticking. I have plans and I'm not exactly in the mood for making a dusty entrance. What do you want? The slayer demanded. She could be hostile tonight. Angel would just have to figure that she was a slayer on the offensive. The same thing you do. Buffy sighed. Okay, what do I want? Angel stepped closer to her. Too close for her. Buffy stepped back. There was only one vampire that could invade her personal space, and he was probably in Prague at the moment. To kill them. To kill them all. A passionate angel responded. Good guess. Not that me being the slayer gave you a hint or anything. She retorted. Angel just ignored her snide comment and pressed further. You're standing at the mouth of hell, and it's about to open. You've got to be ready, he told her, handing her a box. Buffy knew what was in it and pushed it back. Thanks, but no thanks. I know all about the mouth of hell and this thing called the harvest, and I don't really need little boxes of protection. Just consider it a gift. From a friend. Angel persisted before melting into the shadows. Buffy opened the box to see a silver cross. She didn't want it, but it really couldn't hurt to have backup. She grabbed the necklace out and stuffed it into her pocket, then threw the box away. She'd be able to use the cross later tonight anyway. Buffy was doing well. Giles hadn't shown up at the bronze, and she hadn't given Willow the the seize-the-day speech that had pushed her into the dangerous arms of a vampire. She'd even convinced her to ask Xander to dance with her while Buffy went to look for Jesse. She'd seen him earlier, but Buffy then hadn't wanted to leave Willow alone. She was starting to get worried, though. It was past the time when she had taken off in search of Willow. She had a sick feeling that she had missed her chance. The last time the Slayer had seen him, he had been trying to hit on Cordelia. Cordelia, hey! Look, I was wondering... She started, ignoring the Queen C's high and mighty revulsion at talking to a high school freak. Have you seen Jesse? You know, the guy who was hitting on you? At first, she'd gotten no helpful response, until one of Cordelia's evil acolytes mentioned that he'd left with some blonde chick. Buffy sprang into action. She'd left the bronze, and though she'd forgotten about it before, she ran into Willow and Xander. They'd had a different, but similar, I'm the Slayer, Vamps are real conversation, before she allowed them to follow her to the graveyard. She headed automatically to the crypt she knew had access to the Master's Lair. Sure enough, there was Darla, another vamp, and a bleeding Jessie. With ease, Buffy staked the first vamp, kicked Darla back, and pushed Jesse into the waiting arms of his friends. Get him out of here! The Slayer shouted as she turned to wait for Luke to come out from the tunnel. On cue, Darla flung herself at the Slayer and Buffy merely batted her away. There was time to kill her later. Luke, she's strong. She killed Thomas. Buffy spun around to see the vampire's fist come at her rapidly. She dodged it with reflexes that fighting with Spike had given her. Luke stumbled forward, right into her stake. There was a loud poof as she turned to Darla, who actually showed some fear. Go tell the master that the Slayer's here. Oh, and I wouldn't try coming after my friends again, or I'll kill you, Buffy called as Darla darted away. Calmly, the Slayer walked back to find her new friends only a few blocks away. They were safe, and she'd succeeded part one of her plan. Jessie was safe, and there wasn't another good candidate for the harvest. Darla was in the Master's bad books now, so there would be no harvest at all. She could really do this, Buffy realized suddenly. All she had to do was... Coast through this year, and then she could really start changing her future in the next. With that in mind, Buffy bid goodnight to her new friends, and promised to explain all tomorrow in the library. Chapter 2. Rolling with the Punches. Sunnydale. Season 1 Timeline. The next few months had all gone pretty smoothly for the Slayer. Buffy had killed the necessary demons and was actually having fun on patrols. She even managed to let herself be friends with Angel. And it seemed that Buffy had also taken on the role of matchmaker. Already a year early, and she'd gotten Cordelia to come to the dorky side, and the cheerleader and Xander had gotten together. Willow, she'd encouraged, to ask out the dingo's bandmate, Oz, and they too were now a couple. Xander had never had a chance to really crush on Buffy, since he was too caught up with Cordy, while Jesse was trying to get a cheerleader to go out with him. Buffy rolled her eyes at the thought. Jesse had turned out to be another Xander, but a little more girl-crazy. He sort of reminded her of a puppy that would chase cars, never catching them and never knowing what to do if he caught one. Everything was going well. She figured that after her death, she'd tell her mom about the slang and save herself some grief. Oh, and she'd killed Darla. This time, Angel hadn't been around, and it had been so anticlimactic that Buffy couldn't remember why she had considered that a major thing to check off her list of things to change. Darla was certainly an afterthought. A main concern now was blowing off Angel's attempts at becoming a couple. He'd confessed to being in love with her, and Buffy had laughed at the time. If anything, she'd been cordial and friendly, but never misleading. Her heart belonged to one vampire, and the bleached blonde menace was far away at the moment. But now everyone, including Giles, mentioned how she seemed lonely. She apparently would get a far-off look in her eyes as she watched her friends and their respective couples. Buffy was lonely, but it was only because she missed Spike. She had finally managed to convince him that she loved him, and had had a fantastic time together when they had been a couple in her first try. This time, Buffy was determined to get them together a lot sooner. She'd had enough Slayer dreams that were not master-related that allowed her to understand the cause of her life being reset. Drusilla had stolen the amulet of a vengeance demon, and had threatened to kill him if the demon didn't grant her the wish. One thing that the Slayer dreams had helpfully pointed out was that Spike would not remember everything that had happened the first time around yet. If he truly loved Buffy, he would still be drawn to her. This made the Slayer smile with hope. Now time was coming at her quickly. She had made Giles find and translate all the prophecies he could, knowing he'd stumble onto the one that suggested she'd die. This time, she didn't cry or pout or quit, but made a plan. She ordered Angel and Xander to be waiting in the wings. If they heard the master rise, they should go to her and see if they could help. Buffy figured this was a vague enough idea that would still be able to ensure her survival. Buffy walked slowly towards the master. His thrall surprisingly still didn't work on her, but she knew going willingly would be easiest. She gasped in pain as she felt his fangs penetrate her neck. Pain coursed through, and Buffy heard the bat face gloat. The next thing she knew, she was falling, and the master was talking. By the way... She gasped for air but was too weak to move. The slayer was dying. I like your dress. Bang, bang, boom, and just like that, Buffy had woken up again. Angel was the one who had come through. He'd done the whole life-saving bit to prove to her that his love was true. Maybe it was for him. But to Buffy, love was not found by admiring from afar, but by actually being with the person. Angel would not be making progress in the Buffy love department any time soon, that was for sure. That was beside the point. Buffy had been able to successfully kill the master. She had even gotten jowls over that very night to explain to her mom what a slayer was. There had been lots of drinking, but Buffy was absolved for her funky school behavior. She'd only a few more days until she was off with her dad. And when she came back, it would be time to find Spike and fall in love all over again. Buffy could wait. Sunnydale Season 2 Timeline Buffy had to resist the huge smile that begged to appear on her face when she felt him. She finally felt her Slayer senses tingle for the British idiot that she just so happened to love. Buffy had survived the summer. But barely. Boredom was not something she enjoyed, and now that this time she wasn't freaking out about her death, the Slayer found that time had moved a lot slower. The good thing was that she hadn't done her bad girl dance with Xander. Buffy figured that Cordelia would have found a way to kill her if the Slayer had even tried. Unfortunately, the one thing that Buffy had failed to change were her French skills. There was no doubt about it, she still stunk at it. But stinking at French had new meaning to the Slayer. It meant that she'd see Spike that night, and Buffy had done everything she could not to obsess over her clothes. Her old Spike had confided that her outfit had turned him on. And Buffy did not want to take chances and change it up. Discreetly, the Slayer looked into the dark corners of the club. Her eyes danced around so quickly that she thought making eye contact with her vampire would make very little difference. Boy, was she wrong. Very quickly, Buffy had found his eyes and had found herself lost in the vampire. He was perfect. Dark and dangerous, and she desperately wanted to run to him. But right now, he wanted to kill her. With a jerk, the Slayer turned gracefully and willed herself back into the beat of the music. Her vamp senses were going haywire, and Buffy knew that Spike had come closer to her. She was about to wonder what the heck was going on when she heard a familiar voice say, Where's the phone? I need to call the police. There's some big guy out there trying to bite somebody. Smiling to herself, Buffy went into action. She spun around towards her table, fished out a steak from her purse, and headed outside after she had made sure Willow, Xander, and Jessie would stay inside the club. Buffy was in luck. The vampire was still trying to kill his victim when she got out of the bronze, and was too busy to notice the slayer until she yanked the big brute off the young girl. Slayer, the vamp growled. Slayee, Buffy addressed with a serious but bored tone. To the girl, get out of here, she told quickly. The next thing the slayer knew, she was kicking and punching and thoroughly defeating her opponent. Finally, she'd beaten him enough that, as he fell to the ground for what felt like the hundredth time, he could not get up. Looks like you should have waited for that St. Vigie thing to try and kill me, huh? Buffy taunted as she casually made her way to the vamp, who was gasping in pain. With a shrug of her shoulders and a stake to the heart, oh well, came disinterestedly from the slayer's lips. Then came the clapping. Nice work, love. And there he was. Spike. Buffy looked at him with her head cocked to the side, as if studying the newcomer. Blonde hair, scar, black duster. Buffy began noting coolly as she carefully began to walk around the master vampire. This time she was in control. And Spike must have sensed this since his eyes watched her just slightly less cocky than a moment before. Add the Billy Idol look and, let me guess, you're William the Bloody, a.k.a. Spike, she finished. Buffy knew from experience that, when dealing with a vampire who held his heart on his sleeve, it was best to be as upfront as possible. Spike let a gleam of pride show on his face. Heard of me, have you? he asked deeply his voice dropping to a predatory and majorly sexy timbre that made Buffy all fuzzy. I kinda stumbled across you when I looked up and jealous. At Spike's suddenly furious and menacing growl, Buffy continued, but calmly. I gotta tell you, on the scale of bad vamps, your list of accomplishments is a little bit more impressive. After all, you killed two slayers. Spike gave her a smug grin. What can I tell you, baby? I'm bad. Buffy rolled her eyes. Sayeth the man who sent the Anointed One's minion to do his dirty work? She quipped as she stopped her movement and came to stand merely two feet in front of her old mate. I'm not a man. Spike corrected with an evil smirk. And I was testing you, Slayer. Buffy gave him the best, alluring, slow smile she could muster. But she doubted it would be too effective. And how'd I do? She asked, actually very curious. Like bloody poetry in motion, pet, Spike responded automatically. Then frowning as he realized he'd given her the absolute truth. What the bleeding hell? He wondered silently. Buffy smiled shyly at him. "'Thanks,' she offered quietly, a blush working its way to her virgin cheeks. "'She had to push him, though. That was the only way to get his attention. "'You're a better sweet-talker than Angel. "'It's nice to know one vamp can think of an original compliment.' "'With that, Buffy spun around and retreated into the bronze.' this time leaving Spike to be the one left standing in stunned silence. See you around, Spike! Buffy called as she waved with a hand over her shoulder as she hit the doors. See you around, Slayer. Spike murmured to the empty alley with intrigue. This Slayer was a spitfire. She was hot and sounded like she liked him better than his poof of a grandsire. Oh yeah. Yeah. He'd be having fun with her. The next little while in Sunnydale had almost been as big of a disaster as it had been the first time around. Buffy had been so caught up in her Spike planning that she had ignored the demonic problems that were creeping up on her. She had survived it all, though. Buffy and her friends this time expected Spike on parent-teacher night, and like the time before, he came crashing through the window. This time, Buffy had managed to keep everyone alive, with the exception of Principal Snyder. Buffy was sure he would be mourned by all his students. The Slayer snorted at that one. Right, Snyder would be missed. Someday she just cracked herself up. There was a perk to this, too. The Watchers' Council had pulled some strings and had chosen Sunnydale's new principal. One Wesley Wyndham Price. He was still the stuffy watcher he'd been during Buffy's first time in Sunnydale. But the Slayer figured she'd be able to make him into the demon hunter that he'd been when he'd joined Angel in Los Angeles. Other than that, Parent Teacher Night had gone en route. Her mother had slammed Spike with an axe, and the Anointed One had been terminated by said vampire. One thing that Buffy did regret was letting her mother help her with Spike. They'd been fighting with each other neither getting the best of the other. Most times, Buffy was practically winning, but she let Spike get in a few shots. She was enjoying their dance too much, especially her well-executed brushes of her body against his. Even now, in the early stages of their relationship, he was getting her hot. But what Buffy had forgotten about was the Inca mummy that had almost killed Xander. Her sights were on a willing Jesse this time, and Buffy had to have pretty much exactly the same fight except with the extra help of Oz and Cordy, who were now official members of the Scooby Gang. Then there was the reptile boy who had lived in the college boy's house. Convincing Cordelia to use herself as bait when she was fully engrossed with Xander had been hard, but Buffy had done it, and now Snake Boy was toast too. Halloween had been the biggest non-issue. On one hand, Buffy really wanted to let events unfold, seeing as how she'd run into Spike. But then the number of deaths and damage done was too great, and gave the Slayer a guilty conscience. Instead, Buffy insisted that Giles and Wesley come along to Ethan's as the teens picked out their costumes. Like she hoped, Giles had been forced into Ripper mode once he'd come face-to-face with Ethan and his chaotic plot. While Wesley's bad boy side was awakened in the process. Soon, Buffy figured, Wes would become the person Angel had helped him turn into, only Sans Angel. That vampire was another kettle of fish. Buffy had very clearly told him that she did not and would never love him. He was sulking now, but that was something that the Slayer could deal with. He, for sure, was nowhere near happy, but Buffy was still fearful of the appearance of Angelus. It was not because she was scared of him, but simply because of all the terrible things he had done. This little fear set the Slayer on a fast track to get Miss Callender to confess her heritage to Giles. Buffy had talked to the computer's teacher and convinced her to spill her beans. Look, I love Giles and Wesley and the rest of the gang. I really do. So, I don't want to see them hurt. I can't tell you much, since even Giles doesn't know. But I know things. Oh, like, I know you're part of the family that cursed Angel with his soul. She would told Jenny with a dash of perk. At the teacher's shocked look, Buffy pressed on determinedly. But anyway, I need you to secretly work on the spell to re Angel in case he loses it. And I need you to maybe find a way to make a soul permanent. But the biggest thing I need you to do is to tell Giles the truth because it'll hurt him if he finds out another way. Buffy had physically left the conversation then, and it had appeared to be effective when the next day both Jenny and Giles had confronted her about Angel's soul. The trio had spent hours working on a way to make Angelus disappear forever. Buffy had been once again thrilled when Ford showed up in Sunnydale, except for completely different reasons. Now she knew that Ford had made and would try to make a deal with Spike. A deal with Spike meant that Buffy had a good excuse to be near the vampire, and that was something the Slayer was desperate for. They'd had far too little contact. The only consolation was that Buffy knew that Spike had vamps videotaping her. She'd been weirded out when her old Spike had confessed it, but now she smiled in satisfaction. Whatever William the Bloody felt for her, it was obvious that he couldn't stop thinking about her. So, when Ford snuck out to Spike's factory, the Slayer followed. She'd hidden in the shadows, banking on the fact that she was too far back for any vamp to sense her. The fledglings that had come across her were now dust at the Slayer's feet. This is so cool! Ford exclaimed, making Buffy want to run up and hug him. He'd interrupted Spike as he'd been sucking on Drew's hand. It curdled the Slayer's stomach to see Spike in love with someone else. Especially someone as vile as Drusilla. It was hard for Buffy to keep control. Just seeing Drusilla and knowing that the vampireess had changed everything made her go into a rage. The rub was that the knowledge of what Drew herself had done was locked away somewhere in the insane vamp's mind. Drusilla didn't even remember. Yet. Buffy promised herself that Drew would be dust before the year ended. I would totally live here, Ford continued on, bringing Buffy back to the situation at hand. Spike stalked toward the boy predatorily. Do I have anyone on watch here? It's called security, people. Are you all asleep? Or did we finally find a restaurant that delivers? He called out, his voice echoing in the large room. I know who you are, Ford replied determinedly. Yeah, I know who I am too. So what? Spike responded in an annoyed manner. I came looking for you, Spike. You are a spike, right? William the Bloody? The vampire cocked his head to the side, studying the boy curiously. You've got a real death wish. It's almost interesting. So, how did you find me? That doesn't matter. I've got something to offer you. Ford waited a beat before frowning and continuing. Uh... I'm pretty sure this is the part where you take out a watch and say I've got 30 seconds to convince you not to kill me. It's traditional. Buffy had to try really hard not to scoff at that. She knew Spike, and couldn't believe Ford had managed to make his deal. Let alone say that to the Master Vamp the last time. Spike had a similar reaction. He grabbed Ford by his shirt and brought his face close to the vampire's. I don't go much for tradition. Buffy readied her stake, just in case something had happened differently. Ford was going to die, and Buffy was sure that, this time, it was going to happen right now. Instead, Drusilla calmed Buffy's mate down with a few soft words, and made sure that Spike was not biting Ford. Buffy grumbled, wanting to stake the hoe right then. Waiting be damned. Well? Spike prodded testily. Oh, come on! Say it! It's no fun if you don't say it! Ford semi-pleaded. What? Oh. Spike rolled his eyes and got it over with quickly. You've got thirty seconds to convince me not to kill you. Ford responded enthusiastically to him, and Buffy tried not to shudder at how serious he was. Yes! See, this is the best! I want to be like you. A vampire. Spike smirked, and Buffy flushed in humiliation for her old friend. I've known you for two minutes, and I can't stand you. I don't really feature you living forever. He turned his gaze back to Drew. Cannot eat him now, love. Spike obeyed her when she shook her head no. Buffy almost growled at how he let her own him. Ford spoke up then, drawing everyone's attention to him. Well, feature this. I'm offering you a trade. You make me a vampire, and I'll give you the slayer. And that was Buffy's cue. She had no real desire to let Spike plot with Ford. She wanted to show her vampire just how good of a slayer she was. She wanted Spike. And tonight she would let the fact be known by all. She wasn't concerned about the consequences. Buffy felt a little reckless. And loved it. Now, you see... There's a little problem with your plan, the Slayer explained as she walked out of the shadows, a stake swinging carelessly in her hand. She smiled a little when she heard Drusilla hiss and saw Spike's eyes widen before his mouth stretched into a feral grin. Ford just looked uncertain and confused. The Slayer began to do things her way and seemingly ignored the two vampires for the moment. Don't tell me, Ford, that you thought I wouldn't be suspicious, Buffy asked in a saccharine tone. Buffy laughed sharply and mirthlessly as she walked around a bit, taking in everyone's stance. Spike had dropped Ford a little while ago, and stood a little off to the side of him. Drusilla was retreating, Her eyes narrowed as she distanced herself as far away as possible. Something was going on in that brain of hers, and Buffy was beginning to believe that Drew was finding some old memories and reliving them. Come on, I'm the Slayer. An old friend of mine randomly pops into Sunnydale, the Hellmouth of all places, and I'm supposed to think it's a nice surprise? Her voice turned cold as she stopped a few feet away from the two men. She was aware of Spike eyeing her intently, and she saw Ford's uncomfortable shifting from foot to foot. I looked you up, Ford. You're dying, and it looks like you decided to trade my life for your own. Boy, are you a great friend! The Slayer cheered snidely, letting her very real hurt show. Buffy, I... Save it. I don't want or need to hear excuses. You have two options. Leave Sunnydale and die like a man, or let Spike turn you and die like a monster. Either way, you'll be dead. Probably by tomorrow night if you don't leave now. Now wait a minute, Slayer, Spike interceded. You seem to be forgetting, pet. that the big bad standing right here. I could kill you both right now. Buffy turned to him and shrugged. Go ahead. It isn't like Ford has a future. And me? Well, I've already condemned myself. Besides, I don't think you'll kill me. Spike stared daggers into her eyes. Ford practically saw the tension build and cleared his throat hesitantly. I, uh, I guess I'll j- just go then. The Slayer barely noticed him as he walked out of her life for good. And why is that? Spike drawled, slowly circling the petite girl, completely forgetting about the boy that had left. Buffy made herself stay in one spot, her eyes slightly going to Drusilla. She'd emerged herself in the shadows, and now only her glowing eyes could be seen. Buffy hazarded a guess that Spike had forgotten his sire for the moment. He was too lost in the slayer to be thinking about her. Well, I don't know about you, Buffy began, and she suddenly grabbed Spike and threw him into a wall. It only stunned him, but before the vampire could move, The slayer had pinned his hands above him with one of her own. She pressed her body entirely to his, rubbing up and down slightly, causing a friction that she knew made both of them hot. So she was a little younger physically this time. Mentally, Buffy was in her twenties and a cookie. Not cookie dough. But I'm enjoying our dances too much to let them end now. She finished sweetly, as she increased her pressure on him. Carefully, Buffy leaned her head into his ear, pleased to note that Spike was breathing raggedly now. This might make me a bad slayer, but I figure I've got the skills to kill any demon and more. So that makes me even. But the thing is... She whispered softly her lips brushing his ear. Buffy knew the exact moment that Spike had vamped out. He was twisting now, trying to reach her neck. Buffy could feel how aroused he was, and she knew he wasn't struggling as much as he should. This last part was the hardest for the Slayer. It needed to be done quickly and just right. Shifting quickly, Buffy allowed her neck to be impaled on Spike's fangs. She heard him gasp, growl, and then began to pull in her blood. But the Slayer was already in action. She saw a few fledglings coming to Drew's beck and call. The vampire was ordering them to attack. "'The thing is, I want you. I want you with me. I want you to be mine and I yours.' You might not like that now, but believe me, we could be good together. Buffy gave her message quickly, gasping a little in haste, and pulled back with a spin. It was done perfectly. Spike had barely drank a half a mouthful of her blood, and his fangs had glided out easily. There would be no scar. Even better was that she'd left Spike dazed. Buffy made quick work of the five vamps that had snuck up on her and jumped to a nearby window. She broke it with ease and was out into the night before anyone could follow. Buffy had to smile. She'd accomplished her mission. If he hadn't before, Spike would think about her in a way that didn't apply at all to the other slayers he'd killed. She was turning things now and it seemed to be going great. Chapter 4 Drew and Angel Buffy was furious. She wanted to kill everyone in sight. Thank God for small mercies. Her mom had greeted her with hot chocolate when she'd gotten home, and they talked until morning. Drusilla had called on that order of assassins to kill her again. And Kendra had shown up. Angel had been captured by Spike, and the two Slayers had to save the day. Buffy had worked really hard to become friends with Kendra so that they'd get along sooner than last time. She'd worked really hard to not get Spike put into a wheelchair this time, too. Well, at least she'd succeeded with those two. The Scooby gang had ended up at the church again, Angel had been saved, and Drusilla had healed surprisingly fast. The assassins had been taken care of, and Spike was safe. The only problem was that Drusilla had conveniently fought with Buffy using her newly restored strength, and had revealed far too much for the Slayer's liking. Suddenly, there was silence. Buffy saw red towards the psychotic vamp when she saw the all around shocked faces of her friends. Willow, Xander, and Jesse looked at her in states of alarm and queasiness. Giles and Angel appeared horrified, and Spike had his jaw dropped while Kendra looked grim. Buffy laid into the vampiress then. She hit, jabbed, and kicked. By the time she had finished, the Scoobies had been forced to clear out of the burning church, and all that was left was a bloodied and unconscious drew, and a rather not-unconscious spike. The vampire had recovered from the shock that his sire had brought on, and now smirked nastily at her as he held Jusilla in his arms, making sure that Buffy couldn't get in another few licks. "'Love me, do you, Slayer?' he mocked. "'Bloody pathetic, that is.' He finished with a snarl, angry at the sight of Drew's bloodied flesh. Says the man who loves an insane hoe who forgets he even exists. Buffy rejoined cruelly, her eyes shining bright with tears that she forced to stay put. The sudden liquid blurred her vision, and it took a second for the Slayer to blink them away. When she regained her sight, it was only to see Spike's retreating form. "'Be killing you soon, Slayer!' he called back as he exited. Buffy wanted to collapse in a heap and cry, but then she'd die in the fire. Instead, Buffy went out to safety, only to be attacked by loud voices all accusing her of loving Spike. The voices quickly became too much for her, and Buffy held up her hand. "'Look! Okay, I'm tired, so here's the short version.' Yes, I love Spike. No, I'm not going to stand here and tell you why. Yes, I have a good reason, and I'll tell at least you, Giles, tomorrow at school. For now, I'm going home to bed, and if I find anyone trying to kill Spike, you will be in a world of pain. As for you, Angel, I'll stake you if you hurt him at all. And Kendra, I'll kick your butt onto a plane tonight if that's what it takes to keep you away from killing the vamp. Or at least trying to. Everyone, keep your hands off the bleached idiot, Buffy had concluded with a growl before stomping home to her mother. It was then, in her emotional state, that Buffy accidentally told Joyce how she'd already gone through these years once before. It was then that Joyce had been able to help console Buffy for the loss and the hurt that she felt for what had happened tonight. Despite Buffy's better relationship with her mother, there was still one thing threatening to rip them apart. A bastard of a robot named Ted. Buffy had completely forgotten about him, too, as she managed to smooth everything over with the Scooby gang. With the help of her mom and Miss Callender, Buffy was able to explain to Giles what had happened to her. You mean to tell me that you've spent the past year and a half reliving your life? Uh Uh-huh. And now I'm trying to get Spike to fall in love with me, because the first time around he fell for me three years from now, and sorry, but really don't want to wait that long. Buffy explained tactlessly to the seriously red-in-the-face watcher. The conversation had its rough patches, but ultimately ended on a high note, and Giles had ended up retelling the story to the Scoobies. Willow, Xander, and Jessie, along with Cordelia and Oz, who didn't actually care too much who Buffy loved, were eventually cool with it. They'd even joked that it could have been worse considering that Buffy could have been with Angel again. Buffy shuddered at just the idea. But now her friends were off-limits to her. She'd completely forgotten about Ted and his funky cooking, and she'd lost her gang and her mom to the robot's food. That left Angel, who had been working with Giles a lot lately, ignoring Buffy whenever possible. Buffy decided that it was time to get him focused on something good. The Slayer caught the evasive vampire by surprise in his apartment. Buffy, Angel stoically greeted. Angel, we need to talk. The Slayer announced as she let herself into his place. It was just as barren as she remembered it, though Buffy was pretty sure she had thought it had been lovely, the home of a true champion when she'd seen it the first time. But nope, this time her rose-colored glasses were off and this was just a basement. About what? The vampire questioned suspiciously. Uneasy with the way Buffy glanced over his home with a frown on her face. The Slayer saw the expression on the vampire's face and just cut to the chase. Look, okay? I know you're upset with me. I love Spike. Years ago, I would have been physically sick at the idea. But now it's different. I'm different. Buffy wished she could beg him to understand when silence was her only response. But then, because of the confused look on his face, she realized she'd forgotten that this angel hadn't shared her memories. Okay, I probably don't make a bunch of sense. Ask Jazz and he'll tell you. Right now, I don't have time. So the thing is, though, that I know about your soul. Angel looked stricken and still confused. Buffy elaborated with a sigh. One moment of perfect happiness can and will get rid of it. Buffy, I... I won't let that happen. I'd rather die. Angel responded vehemently, and in earnest. If what she was saying was true, he'd have to do something. He may be upset now, but he could never hurt Buffy. He wouldn't let Angelus be unleashed. I know you would. Buffy replied softly, trying to placate him as she tried to subtly remove her hands where he'd clasped his on hers tightly. That's why I want to anchor your soul to you, so that you'll never get rid of it. Angel gasped quietly in stricken grief and went to hug her, but the slayer darted away. Buffy, thank you, he told her, ignoring for the moment that she didn't want him touching her. Buffy smiled tightly. No problem. I'll see you around, Angel. With that, the slayer walked out. If she had stayed only seconds longer, she'd have seen Angel crumple suddenly to the floor in pain. She'd see a flash of yellow in his eyes as the happiness of knowing he'd not lose his soul would make him lose it after all. It would be ten minutes later that, while Angel fell to the floor, Angelus would rise. Chapter 5 Tell All Spike was doing something that had become extremely familiar to him since he had found out that the Slayer was in love with him. Paste. He couldn't believe it. It was unnatural, as what it was. But even then, the vampire couldn't ignore her. She was hot. He'd give her that. Bloody gorgeous, a voice in his mind corrected. So fine she was beautiful, but he had Drew. But then, Drew, even with her newly healed body, had been adamant that he not touch her. She was punishing him for what the slayer felt. Spike wanted to kill the girl for it. He'd bloody do it, too. He couldn't believe it. A girl like her wanting a monster like him. An unwanted majority of his brain told him that it was too good to be true, but that he should take it while it was offered. His traitor of a heart was urging him towards the Slayer, and his blasted brain used logic to try to turn him against Drew. Maybe if he killed her, his problems would be gone. Or maybe if he just talked to her? With a growl, Spike threw one of Drew's dolls into the wall where it shattered on impact. There he was, trying for the hundredth time to convince himself that he didn't need to kill the Slayer. It didn't help that his mind drew back to that night when she'd appeared in his factory. She'd let him bite her. God, it had been perfect. She was a bloody turn-on, and he wanted more of her. Every time he thought of that night, the better and better it sounded to be with her. But no, he couldn't leave Drusilla. But Drew doesn't want you anymore, a voice admitted in his head. And inside his head, it finally clicked. Drusilla... Didn't want him. Maybe he wouldn't again. Maybe she'd want him in a few hundred years when the Slayer was dead. Either way, he could have a willing Slayer for himself now. With that thought in mind, he headed off to find the girl. Buffy was whipping her stake in the air as she stalked through the cemetery. She was sulking, and she knew it. Her dilemma was that Ted, her mom's boyfriend, was always at her house, always pumping everyone she cared about with stuff that made him a prince in their eyes. Buffy had to wait until the effects wore off before she could do anything. In the meantime, she had a few days to kill before Ted would try to steal away her mother. Buffy didn't like waiting. Didn't like knowing her mother was in danger. But she had to wait. So the Slayer was sulking, and her sulking took her to a place that she had been avoiding. Buffy gasped when she realized that her feet had carried her to Spike's crypt, the crypt where she'd used him for all he was worth. Despite this, Buffy had avoided the place simply because she didn't want to remember how physically happy Spike had been able to make her even when she'd been dead emotionally. Buffy didn't want to think about the man she lost. It was still up in the air if she'd get him again. Buffy was scared that Drusilla had ruined everything now. With Slayer willpower, Buffy went inside the crypt. It was dusty, gross, and Buffy absently realized the reason for it was that Spike hadn't moved in here yet. The Slayer let her emotions wash over her then. She gave herself over to her memories, her body shutting off her surroundings. This was why she jumped when a familiar British voice sounded. Didn't figure you to be in a crypt pit. Buffy turned to see Spike leaning casually in the open crypt door. Buffy leaned back up against a sarcophagus. Well, there's a lot you don't know about me. What are you doing here? Spike shrugged. Wanted to find you? Don't ask why, because I don't bloody well know. Buffy smiled a little and patted beside her on the cold slab before she crossed her arms. Warily, Spike came to lean up beside her. Not here to kill me? Or to mock me because of the thing in the church? Buffy inquired, because she just couldn't help it. Right now, she wanted Spike to hug her, love her, and tell her everything would be okay. But Buffy knew he wouldn't. Spike scoffed. I'm not about to throw it in your face for having good taste, love. Buffy smiled and shifted up onto the slab of stone. You're different tonight, she commented kicking the heels of her boots together. Spike followed the movement of her legs. Not going to ask why, then? Buffy frowned. I learned a while ago not to push for answers. If you want to tell me, then shoot. I mean, I don't love listening to a lot of people these days. I'm sick of being selfless. But if you need to talk, well, considering that you already know I'm in love with you, well, I'm ready to listen. You know, if I ever shut up. Spike quirked a grin, daring to look at her. He did, and he was lost. Damn it, she was too beautiful for her own good. I'll take that as a compliment, Buffy said sweetly. Bloody hell, Spike widened his eyes. Said that out loud, didn't I? Yep, but go on. Talk he pressed gently. Spike sighed before he gave in. After all, he was already lost in her. And for some strange reason, she loved him. That sent warm tingles all over his body. Some striking woman, a slayer no less, willingly loved and chose him. Drew doesn't want me. Says I want you and not her. Says something about erasing but not fixing. Not exactly a sane moment. Not a bloody clue what she wants. Except it's not me. He finished his honest burst, frankly. His head arced to look at the ground. It was then that Buffy realized that Drusilla could see the new future like she had been able to see the first time around. Really, she didn't know why she thought it'd be different. Spike would still come to love her. According to himself, last time he'd just not known that he loved her when Drew told him. That meant he loved her now, but just didn't know, and didn't know why. What a mouthful. I think I can clear a lot of that up, Buffy admitted. Forcing herself to say it, even though chances were that Spike wouldn't like what she was offering to confess. Spike's head popped up, his eyes narrowed. Tell me, he ordered. Buffy did. She told him everything. About all seven original years on the Hellmouth. And the happy time beyond. Chapter 6. Just So You Know I don't love you now, just so you know, Spike told the Slayer, who had somehow ended up in his arms. They talked all night, and a majority of the day, when finally she'd fallen asleep. They'd changed positions a lot. After Spike had gotten over the shock, he'd slowly accepted what Buffy was saying. It made a lot of sense and explained the weird loneliness that he'd felt since the year before. They'd sat beside each other for most of it, but when Buffy had gotten to the part where he'd apparently died in the hellmouth without believing she loved him, the slayer had broken out into devastated sobs. Spike had brought her into his grasp without thought, and cradled her until her tears ceased. That left them holding each other for the rest of the time. Buffy, as Spike had come to think of her, had explained that she understood that he didn't feel love for her. But she could wait to see if it ever came. She just wanted to be with him. She knew that everything in the crypt was different from the world outside. As soon as they left this house of death, things could very possibly go back to the way they were. But right now the Slayer needed her vampire. And on some primal level, Spike needed her, too. Spike found himself wanting to be with her, especially when he learned how Drusilla had reset time. A lot of him wanted to be with the girl in his arms, for the obvious reasons. Because of her. And clearly the fact that once again he was love's bitch. It also helped some that they'd apparently been together before. The hole that had suddenly appeared in his heart a year ago, right when Drusilla had reset time, according to the Slayer, was beginning to be filled by the petite girl with him now. Nevertheless, some of him wanted to be with her to prove to Drew that he was not her dog. He wanted to hurt her. Soon the kissing and eventual groping had come. Then the sex. Buffy knew that if anyone would take her virginity this time around, it would be him. She knew that if she gave him herself now, it would give him the perfect chance to kill her. But Buffy wanted Spike to know how she felt, and how she trusted him. So maybe she was moving things a little fast. But after retelling her entire past, she had desperation in spades. Buffy needed to be close to the man she loved. Even if it meant more to her than it did to him. So, there on his duster that covered a cold sarcophagus, Spike entered her. He was being surprisingly gentle, making sure that her first time in this world didn't hurt too much. He'd plundered her mouth softly, making her moan. His hands touched and brushed her tenderly, worshipping her like a goddess, like she was an oasis and he a very, very thirsty man. Spike's tenderness surprised even himself, but it didn't take him long to understand it. This magnificent creature that writhed in pleasure from his touch loved him completely and would give everything up for him. She'd been through so much. Apparently they both had. And now he understood all the swirling emotions and had answers to his questions. He didn't love her now, but would probably end up loving her whether he wished it or not. Right now, he wanted her, and he wanted to give her something back for everything that she'd confessed to him. Spike saw how telling her life story hadn't been easy for Buffy. He wasn't a complete idiot, and he knew how retelling everything had and was hurting her. It was the sweetest sound when she came with his name on her lips. It pleased him to no end to see a hazy smile on her face as she snuggled into his chest and fell asleep. Spike had spent that time as she slept getting used to everything. Slowly, or perhaps rather quickly, accepting everything. And now he knew where he stood. He told her when they cuddled after she'd woken up. Still, he couldn't believe he was, and enjoying, cuddling with a Slayer. I don't love you now, just so you know. Buffy's heart clenched in pain, and she made to move away but Spike tugged her back to him. But that's not to say I never will. Besides, it's not like all blokes love their girls by the end of the first date. Spike finished with a kiss to her hair. Buffy smiled and twisted so that she hovered over him. We had a date? She asked with a small smile. Spike cocked his head, pretending to consider it. Well... I see now. Had a long revealing talk covering our history and past experiences. Now we've done that. Followed by a mind blowing sex. I must say, Pitt, it was a bloody fantastic date. Can't wait to do it again sometime. He finished with a wolfish grin. Buffy smiled fully now and leaned down to languidly kiss the grinning vampire. Me neither, she admitted happily. Except now I have to go hit a robot, get investigated by the police, and then kill said robot for good before he tries to kidnap my mom. Buffy tried to pull away, but Spike grabbed her to sit on his very naked lap. The Slayer groaned at the contact and tried to wiggle her way out of his grasp, but that only made it more difficult for her to leave. Now Slayer. Spike said, his eyes clouded with lust. If I'm going to be letting you call me your boyfriend. Spike froze as he heard how weird that sounded. Shaking his head, he continued. And that's a bloody stupid title, if you ask me. I'm no boy. Then you've got to keep me in the loop. Fine, Buffy sighed and pushed him down on his back as she settled beside him. I can do that. Okay, see, there's this robot. Chapter 7 Ted By the time the two finally left the crypt, it was sunset again, and Spike was able to walk her home. It had been a very productive 24 hours for them. Buffy managed to win Spike over to her corner, and the vampire was allowing his protective side to show through. He wasn't giving up this one. He'd even agreed to play nice with the Scooby gang and fight with them on the few occasions that they came out for patrolling. Spike only accepted this because he now realized what he had been literally missing the past year and a half. Though the love wasn't there yet, the need for Buffy was growing strong and it was only a matter of time before all-consuming love was there, too. He'd even told her he was leaving Drew. He wasn't even going to go back to the factory. Instead, he'd fixed up the crypt that he'd found her in. Buffy had cried at that, and after realizing that they were happy tears, Spike remembered that he'd been told that he had apparently lived there before. It was happening so quickly for both of them. Yet, sometimes things just happened that way. The two of them walked slowly to Buffy's house, and by the time they arrived, Buffy was feeling her anxiety bubble at the idea of a temporary separation from Spike. A healthy, large part of her was worried that the steps they took forward would be null and void once they reunited in a little while. So, when they got to the tree near her window, Buffy made to say goodbye, only to have Spike stop her. What's wrong? she asked, as her teeth instinctively went to worry her bottom lip. Spike jerked his head to the front of the house. Your mum's supposed to be home, right, love? he replied back, only continuing at her nod of affirmation. Then why are all the lights off? Buffy frowned. Oh, God. Please no. Her mind panicked. Had she been out too long? Had something changed? Did Ted take her mom away this time? Buffy rushed to the front of the house, preparing herself to burst in and find the worst. Nothing. Instead, the Slayer just stopped dead in front of the door. Buffy snatched the note taped to the front entrance and read it quickly. Then once again... What is it, pet? Spike prodded gently, putting an arm comfortably around her waist, even though it made her jump. She had been so caught up in the note that she hadn't felt the vampire follow her up the porch. My mom had a sudden trip to London for her gallery. She says to call her and that she's sorry she missed me. Spike pushed her forward towards the house. Let's go call her, then. She must be worried that you've been gone all day. Buffy smiled at how considerate he was and grabbed the vampire's hand. Come in, Spike, she told him softly as she pulled him into her home. Buffy directed him to go to the living room before she went to the phone in the kitchen. After speaking to her mother and explaining the developments that had happened, Buffy was happy to know her mother was far away and safe from Ted. Buffy joined Spike in the living room to see that he was watching some soap opera on television. He looked quite at home with his legs sprawled out over the coffee table, the remote sitting in his lap. Spike's attention was on her the moment she entered. "Mum's fine then? he inquired with real concern. Yeah, Buffy assured softly, in complete awe at how they'd turned from enemies to lovers and dating in a matter of days. Um, I'm just going to change into my PJs and I'll be back down, okay? I'll be waiting. Spike promised her with a boyish smile. Buffy smiled back before heading up the stairs. Buffy was still smiling to herself when she walked absentmindedly into her room, only to see a certain robot sitting down on her bed and reading her diary. What the hell are you doing here? Buffy spat indignantly as Ted put down the book. Instinctively, her fisted hands went to her hips. She wanted to make with the punching, but she still had some memory of how strong Ted could be. The robot stood up and replied in a tone that sounded too much like a parental reproof and quickly succeeded in enraging the slayer. Your mother had to go on a trip, and she said you'd be responsible here on your own. Now, I don't think she meant that you should go gallivanting around town all day and night. That's none of your business, and apparently you didn't exactly get me being all upset, girl. So, I'll make it simple for you. I want you to get the hell out of my room! Buffy ground out back to the robot her hands fisting tightly. Or what? You'll slay me? Ted mocked as he closed the distance between them. I'm real. I'm not some goblin you made up in your little diary. Psychiatrists have a word for something like this. Delusional. So from now on, you'll do what I say, when I say, or I'll show your diary to your mother. And you'll spend your best dating years behind the wall of a mental institution. Your mother and I are going to be happy. You're not going to stand in the way. Buffy seethed at him. Her annoyance with Ted and her first experience of this little speech of his was just pumping her up all the more. First, let's get this through your skull. My mother will never end up with you. Second... She already knows about the slang, so that threat inevitably sucks. And last, I don't have to worry about the best dating years since I already have the guy I want. She finished with a proud little smile, honest emotion peeking out from the truth in her words. Oh, I saw. So you like freaks, huh? The guy sitting downstairs. He a vampire too? You smell like you've whored yourself out to half the town. I'm going to have to tell your mother. She'll be so disappointed in you. Buffy let loose as that last comment broke her restraint and smacked him just as Spike came charging into the bedroom. The vampire grabbed the robot and ripped his synthetic face off. Should have programmed more madness into you. He growled as he threw punches at the hunk of metal. Shouldn't talk to a lady that way. Buffy smiled at that. Who said vampires couldn't be boyfriends? They had the weirdo protective thing going on, and Buffy admitted that it had its advantages. Right now, for instance. A cuff of the head spun Ted to Buffy, and the slayer gave him a kick that sent his head flying off his shoulders completely. Like a chicken without its head, Ted's body moved in circles for a while before Spike went and ripped it apart. Both of them were breathing heavily after the fight. I'll get rid of this for you, Spike declared before pulling off a bedsheet. He began to drop the robot parts in a pile on the sheet. Thanks, Buffy offered, a little winded. You'll come back, right? she asked, suddenly nervous that he'd say no. Spike smiled amiably at her. Be back in an hour. They'll never find this piece of scrub metal again, either. He assured her as best he could. Thanks. I guess I'll call my mom and Giles. And a whole bunch of other people to let them know what happened. Buffy brushed back her hair that had fallen in her face during the fight as she watched her vampire. Spike tied up the sheet and glided to her. He slipped a hand through her hair to hold the back of the Slayer's head. You do that then, and I'll be back before you know it, he promised in a whisper, before he swooped in for a passionate kiss. Oh yeah, Spike thought, he could get used to this. Chapter 8 Happy Birthday Buffy had just discovered that Angel had pulled a vanishing act and she was beginning to freak out. Nonetheless, Spike was doing a pretty good job of keeping her calm. After all, he reasoned that the Great Poof was probably off having some quality brooding time, and there was nothing to fret about. Meanwhile, the Bleach Blonde had stayed by the Slayer's side practically 24-7 since the night that featured Ted's demise. Spike had stuck to her side, giving support and amusement at all the necessary smoochies. And, oh god, the smoochies. Just thinking about them made Buffy's face flame. It was funny how quickly they seemed to be headed for the perfection that they'd had after the of had been closed, the last time around. Buffy was almost constantly in a state of happiness now that Spike was almost always around. There was the niggling thought in her head that things were too good to be true, but Buffy forced herself not to contemplate it. Together, she and Spike dealt with her demons and completely reconciled her mother with the idea that her daughter was now actually in a very intense relationship with a vampire. Spike and Joyce actually got along really well and Spike was able to speak of art and his traveling past with her. Buffy actually encouraged these talks between her mom and her vamp. The three of them would sit in the kitchen while drinking hot chocolate and talk. Buffy mostly listened, but she loved it all the same. This, to her, was how things should have been, but sadly they never had been before. Finally, Buffy's physical 17th birthday came around, and Buffy was adamant that there would be no party. Things had been going so well that she didn't want her birthday curse to scramble it up. Her friends had pouted, but eventually agreed. Miss Callender and Giles, who were now dating, much to Buffy's satisfaction, ganged up on the teens and made them see that disaster would most likely come out of it. Instead, Buffy, Spike, and her mom had a nice dinner at home, followed by a really cute painting and photo albums of memories gifted from Joyce, and a patrol with Spike. Got a surprise for you, he told her as he led the Slayer to his crypt. Buffy had to use a bit of her Slayer speed to catch up, since the vampire was practically bouncing away from her. Spike pushed the door open, all gentlemanlike, and allowed the Slayer to go in first. He stood outside the door, waiting, then smiled at the predictable gasp that came from Buffy. Gone was the dust, the dirt, and the grime. In its place was a working, electrically sound kitchen-cum-living room. I- it's... Wow! Spike, it's amazing! Buffy spoke in awe to the vampire, which had since stepped inside as she rubbed her hands down a suede love seat. Spike smiled, pleased with her approval, and grabbed her hand. Got more to show you. Buffy squealed in surprise when he picked her up swiftly, wasting no time before dropping them down to a hidden lower level. There was a huge bed, and carpets, and books, and candles. And Buffy barely noticed it as her eyes were drawn to a large jewelry box with a bow on the bed. Spike? the slayer whispered. Her eyes had gone wide as she reached her arms towards the bed. Her efforts hindered because she was still in the vampire's embrace. Yes, sweetheart? Spike rumbled in his girl's ear enjoying teasing her with the gift that had so obviously captured her attention. I, um, want to be put down? Buffy suggested, too stricken by the idea that her vampire had gotten her jewelry. And yes, it had to be a jewelry box. No box of that size and that velvety covering could mean something other than pretty jeweled gifts. Surely, boyfriends who just liked their girlfriend didn't go to all this work. Maybe Spike was coming around to face that L-word? Stop it, Buffy, she commanded herself. You and thinking equals heartache. If he loves you, he'll tell you. Spike chuckled at her loss for words and put Buffy down. Not wasting any time, he handed her the box before she could grab it herself. Happy birthday, kitten, Spike wished softly, watching her stroke the soft texture on the box. Spike couldn't help but smile and ask himself how he had come to this. Buffy opened the box a second later, only to gasp as she saw the most gorgeous, translucent, pale green, heart-shaped diamond necklace she had ever seen. Needless to say, the Slayer then proceeded to squeal out thank yous to her boyfriend multiple times in glee before she eventually jumped at him, causing the vampire to chuckle at her enthusiasm. Buffy pounced on him, kissing her way along his neck up to his face. Spike responded in turn by swiftly lifting her dress off and left a passionate kiss on her lips before trailing down the rest of her body. Buffy's hands were everywhere taking off as much clothing as possible. Soon, they were both bare. Spike laid into her softly, and they both moaned at how right it was. They went slow, both working each other up maddeningly to a pace that had them both gasping with need. Buffy was in heaven as Spike worked her to her peak. She was so close and the five words that Spike told her in her ear pushed her over the edge. God, I bloody love you. Oh, yeah. It was definitely the best birthday the Slayer had ever had. Daddy's back, but he isn't happy. Drusilla whimpered as the whip struck her back once more. She sucked in a sharp breath before gritting out her thoughts. He wants to hurt the sunshine and punish my dark night. Angelus grinned evilly at his child's bloody body and began to assure her as he brought the whip down again, causing the vampiress to scream in pleasure-filled agony. That's exactly what I'm going to do, Drew. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Let the games begin, Angelus thought as he began to focus on punishing the dark-haired beauty below him past her breaking point. Chapter 9 Ding Dong, the Vamp is Dead there had been no Jolly Blue Giant this time, and for that, Buffy was thrilled. Her only problem was Angel. Well, actually, and jealous. The Slayer had ended up staying late to train with Giles at school while Spike was handling patrol for her. Lately, Buffy had taken to sparring with the vampire and letting Giles observe and critique, but Buffy wanted a little one-on-one time with her watcher. Angel had been missing for a while, and though she wasn't in love with him, she was getting frantic with worry. If he was gone, then there were some very large and very scary possibilities, and Jealous was obviously one of them. Yes, it does seem rather odd, Jazz admitted before the Slayer announced she was going to refill her water bottle from a fountain down the hall. Buffy gave Giles a wan smile at his contemplating face, trying not to show dread on hers. The hall was dark and deserted when the door to the library swung shut. Wesley had technically closed the school a few hours ago, and now he was at home, probably reading up on some demonic cult or something. Buffy smiled at the thought of Wesley. He had become a bit more rough around the edges and less of the bumbling fool now that Spike was around. He'd even spent a week or two going around mentioning the appeal of rogue demon hunting. But the part that Buffy liked the best, though she was a bit disturbed by the signs of leather in his wardrobe, was that the tweed was gone. Lost in her thoughts, the slayer walked absently to the fountain and filled her bottle slowly humming a song that was filling her head, but unfortunately refused to reveal its title. Things had really changed, and pretty much for the better. Buffy Summers was happy. There really should be an award for that. Casually, she turned around to head back to the library, only to run straight into, Angel! Cheese! Bell! Neck! Look into it! You scared me, the Slayer quipped as relief flowed through her. Where were you? she asked after an uneasy moment of thought. Been around, the vampire replied nonchalantly. His hands were slung inside his trouser pockets. His posture relaxed as he almost leaned back against the wall behind him. After a few seconds, he heedlessly sauntered over to the Slayer, and Buffy had to force herself not to shiver in apprehension. Around? Buffy repeated, a sense of dread plaguing her at the familiar words. No, no, no. Please, no. Yeah, Angelus shrugged, indifferent. Had things to tend to. People to kill. Nuns in particular. But I doubt you want to know that one, do you, Buff? He continued wickedly inside his head. Jenny ran as fast as she could, slamming the library doors as she entered. She had to get there in time. She needed to be there. She had to go fast. It didn't matter if her lungs were burning. She needed to help. Rupert! she panted, grabbing the watcher's attention. Dear Lord, what's the matter? Jazz asked as he looked up to see Jenny Callender's body shuddering as she gulped in deep breaths. Dropping the book he held onto the table, the watcher moved over to stand beside the woman he was falling for. His face masked in very real concern for the beautiful and cultured woman. I, I spoke with my uncle, and Angel, he he lost his soul, and Jealous is loose, Miss Callender declared with difficulty. This was all too surreal. She had figured that Angel would not achieve pure happiness without Buffy. But apparently she had been wrong. Dear Lord, Giles murmured, reaching out to wrap an arm around Jenny. A second thought had his arm retreating. We must tell Buffy, he realized with a start, and seconds later saw the two of them rushing out to find the Slayer. What kind of stuff to tend to, Buffy prodded. She was gearing herself up for the fight of her life, but she wanted to be sure. Maybe she was just reading things wrong, and Angel hadn't turned into a serial killer. Angelus chuckled. It doesn't matter. Nothing to worry your pretty little head over, Buff. The slayer smiled sweetly, before quickly drawing back a fist and slamming it hard into the vampire's face. That was all she needed. The nickname from Angel meant no soul which meant Buffy could pound on Angelus all she wanted without feeling even a little guilt. I was so hoping you'd say that, Angelus. Shock dawned on Angelus's face as he realized that somehow he'd been caught out. Nonetheless, it didn't make much of a difference. He was going to kill the spike-loving bitch if it was the last thing he did. God! Buffy declared after hearing Angelus say that last bit. You really need to brush up on evil threats. With that, she charged the vampire and sent him flying. The two fought fiercely, but Buffy was always in the lead. She had never really fought Angelus after the year she sent him to hell, but she had learned a lot in the years after, and the slayer was years beyond her age and body. This time, she wouldn't hesitate. This time, Buffy would win the fight and leave without becoming emotionally scarred. They fought and punched and kicked, but Angelus barely made a scratch on her. Buffy's anger was increasing. She just wanted to get it over with, and was presently having issues with the idea of waiting for Willow or Miss Callender to give him back his soul. If she let Angelus live, Miss Callender and countless others could and would die. With that in mind, Buffy whipped out her stake and allowed Angelus's lunge at her to do the job for her. Angelus widened his eyes in shock before crumbling to dust before the Slayer's eyes. Buffy just stood there, breathing heavily and taking in the fact that she'd just saved herself from months of torture and hell. It was when a throat-clearing cough sounded that Buffy noticed Giles and Miss Callender watching her in awe. Both of them shocked to see the big finale of the really short show. Hey, Buffy greeted, suddenly very tired. What's that? It appears that we came to warn you of Angelus, and are too late, was Giles's flustered reply. Yeah, well, I'm not exactly loving the idea of a psychopathic serial killer on the loose, Buffy explained with a shrug. Besides, the powers are probably just going to bring him back anyway. With the silent agreement that it really was no big deal, and therefore not worth discussing, the three of them slowly made their way back towards the library. After working out the situation, or the details of the past situation that was now a non issue, and of course, after Buffy explained why Angel, as in not angelus, would probably end up being resurrected sometime next year, the slayer begged tired and headed home. Chapter 10 This is How It Goes Down Epilogue Spike was sitting on her bed when she got home, smiling boyishly at her as she shuffled into her room. Buffy's mother was on a business trip, and the couple had the house to themselves. For Buffy, that felt like the equivalent of Christmas morning. Hey, Buffy greeted tiredly, going over to hug the vampire automatically, loving the feel of being close to the bleach blonde. Spike responded without hesitation, but his eyes became strangely unfocused and dazed. Hey, Buffy repeated, this time concern lacing through her tone as she took in his odd expression. What's wrong? Spike drew in a shaky breath and grinned weakly at her and jealous came back. He informed Miss slayer, watching carefully to see how she would react. If she had feelings for the wanker, Spike didn't know what he'd do. Or, well, okay, he'd probably want to rip the poof's bloody head off, but that was beside the point. Buffy looked at him with confusion, her mind slow to think, and Spike went on. Was patrolling. Ran into Drew. He informed shortly. With a sigh, he continued, leaning on his knees and staring into the carpet. She was moaning about how her daddy had come back, but had been taken away by the Slayer and her burning sunshine. Guess that means Angelus is dead, then? He asked Buffy, feeling his nerves reach a pinnacle as he waited for her response. Oh, Buffy thought, understanding his insecurities. She gave him what she hoped was a reassuring smile, and nodded. Almost instantaneously, the tension flowed out of his body, and Spike gave her a genuine grin. He reached up and laced his hand with hers, kissing it. Seconds later, he sobered up, becoming pensive again. She was off a bloody rocker, rambled some more, then ran away, saying she was going to start everything again. Spike retold, more than a little confused about what his sire had been saying. "'What?' Buffy burst out, all but horrified. She jerked her hand out of Spike's as she began to pace and panic, understanding the heavy implications of that simple sentence. "'Drew is trying to start things over?' "'God, this must mean that Drusilla is going to reset time again!' Coming home, Buffy had felt like she was being given a small reprieve to relax, get her bearings, and be happy for a while. But of course, it had all been a lie that she'd convinced herself of, and now she had to deal with it. Was this how it had happened before? Had she gone back in time before only to have Drusilla reset it? And here she was, living it again? Did time travel even work like that? Loop after loop, never-ending, and always threatening her sanity just a little bit more each time? No, that didn't make sense. Buffy would never have had the life with Spike that she remembered as her future, should this be the case. Then how? It was impossible to make heads or tails. Time was tricky, and time travel had too many loops for the Slayer to perfectly understand. Spike! Buffy whipped back to face the vampire. She has to be talking about resetting the world. Again. I can't let her do that, the girl cried. Her anxiety, coupled with the devastating thought of losing Spike again, was enough to send her to her knees. Even with the Slayer part of herself telling her to buck up in the background, she had trouble pulling it together. I have to stop her. I have to- She began to ramble, quickly becoming incapable of thinking straight as fear of losing her vampire again paralyzed her. God, what am I going to do? She whispered, unnoticed tears rolling down her cheeks. But Spike did notice them, was attuned to the frightened warrior at his feet. Hush, love. He was quick to console her, snapping out of his funk to gently cradle Buffy in his arms. There's nothing to worry about, Pat. We'll stop her. But truthfully, Spike didn't know what was coming. Wasn't sure how things were going to pan out. But he knew that, as long as he had the Slayer by his side, then nothing could seem like the end of the world. Spike rocked the girl until she calmed down. A little while later saw Buffy standing with a stake in her hand, preparing to fight the vampire who had turned her life upside down and was planning to do it again. Drusilla had to be eliminated. Buffy was not going to let her life get altered because of the vampiress again. Not when she had everything she wanted right here. You can't come with me, she told the vampire solemnly, and held up her hand when Spike tried to retort. She smiled softly at him, watching his jaw clench even though he remained quiet. The sun's up. You'll fry. Drusilla is stationary right now, and... Let's face it. your sire or not? She needs to go. Spike nodded slowly in agreement with her. It pained him to admit it, but Buffy was right. Spike would always love Drusilla in a grateful sort of manner. But she threatened his future and the woman he loved. She did need to be dealt with. And he had every faith in Buffy he'd felt it for a while now. Buffy was his present and his future. Drusilla was his past was no longer part of who he was. He was a white hat now, and made himself understand why an openly insane and evil vampire had to bite the dust, besides. The thought of losing Buffy was all too painful. He'd been uncertain with Angelus' cameo, and that alone had been too much. I'll find her, kill her, and come back. Okay? Buffy finished by ducking her head, unsure of Spike's reaction to her desire to kill his sire. She was unaware of how deep his support ran unaware that his blood ran colder and colder at the idea of Drew taking Buffy away from him. The vampire merely cupped her cheek and kissed her tenderly to communicate to her his absolute adoration and faith. Even more, acceptance. Hurry back, kitten, he insisted softly. Buffy nodded and was off, walking into the sunlight. Buffy struck the vampire hard, sending the evil, vindictive bitch into a wall a few feet off. The slayer was seeing red. She was going to kill the vampiress, and she was going to do it slowly. She was going to break every bone in her body, maybe douse her with holy water, or even set her on fire. But at the end of the day, it all came down to a pointy piece of wood and a cold, dead heart. It was only fair that this monster felt as much pain as she did. And Buffy felt a lot of it. At first, she'd been out for a quick kill, wanting to get the staking over with so she could grieve appropriately for the life she'd lost. But she had soon realized that Drusilla didn't deserve that small mercy. The evil bitch laughed at her, tried to make her question Spike's heart, and for that alone she deserved pain. How dare she talk about Spike and his ability to love? No. Buffy would cause her as much pain as the insane vampiress had caused her. After everything she'd done in that time before, after everything Buffy had accomplished and gained back, Drusilla had reset the slate and set everything back to the beginning. But Buffy had taken that in stride and had built a promising new future for her and the man she loved. Yet still, the setback wasn't exactly welcome, no matter how well it turned out. After ages of waiting, she finally was able to kill the reason her life had been so confusing. She could finally get rid of the reason that she had to do years of her life over again. Drusilla giggled madly as the Slayer stomped over to her. She wasn't repenting. She was enjoying the pain, and it made Buffy sick. She wanted to hurt her, but the Slayer had waited already too long. She made a snap decision. With no hesitation, Buffy grabbed the vampire by her hair, plunged the stake into her heart, and watched the dust settle. Drusilla was gone, and would not interfere again. Maybe this time, Buffy would get to keep her peace. Epilogue Finally, Buffy had relived her first two years in Sunnydale, and was gliding through her third. She'd still suffered some bumps in the road, but it had all been relatively smooth thus far. Jenny Calendar was now Jenny Giles, and Buffy thanked whoever was listening that Giles, her mom, and band Candy would never be put in the same sentence ever again. And never in this reality. Because really? Ew. Nobody liked to be confronted with their parents, surrogate or otherwise, sex life. Willow was officially a witch and a magic enthusiast. The new Mrs. Giles had easily slipped into the role of mentor and the redhead was learning all about consequences. There would be no witchy apocalypses in the near future, that was for sure. Willow was still with Oz, and Buffy was beginning to become uncertain as to whether they'd work out this time. She couldn't put her finger on it, but something just wasn't right in that relationship. Buffy personally missed Tara. The soft-spoken witch had yet to make an appearance in Sunnydale but the slayer hoped she would soon. Cordelia had broken up with Xander after a spell that revealed her prospective future to her. Apparently, kids and screaming parent-in-laws was not what she wanted. Xander had been crushed, but was on the mend now that Buffy and Spike had brought an accidentally human Anya into everyone's lives. Apparently, Anya had not been reset, per se but had been brought back to life with the knowledge that Buffy would bring Xander back to her. That one gave the Slayer a headache, but Xander was happy, and she was glad. For her friend's happiness, Buffy didn't mind gulping down a few aspirin once in a while. Months ago, there had been a notice that Kendra, the other Slayer, had died by means of an anonymous vamp. One Faith Lahane had been called, and Wesley had been assigned to her as her watcher. Buffy got along well with Faith this time around. With some serious effort, of course. And somewhat enjoyed the sparring matches. Especially since it allowed the blonde to smack the brunette slayer around a little bit. Buffy's only issue was how the other slayer eyed her vampire. Of course, Spike loved the idea that Buffy was jealous. And they'd end up making love in a frenzied passion that alternated between soft and rough. But the issue of a possible Faith-Spike affair was out of the question. Spike only loved one Slayer, and that was Buffy. It gave her gooey, melty feelings in her heart to know that Spike wouldn't ever stray to the brash Slayer. And Faith, for reasons that Buffy was sure she'd never understand, was in a monogamous relationship with Jessie, of all people. Angel did actually come back to life, and with his soul to boot. Cordelia had taken it upon herself to help him, and the two seemed to be forming a tentative relationship. Everything seemed a lot easier for Buffy now that she had Spike. Sure, she had to deal with her upcoming 18th birthday, the mayor, though now sans faith, and then there'd be the initiative and Glory and her mom and Dawn, but... Buffy knew that with Spike by her side, they'd tackle it all and come out victorious. After all, what was stronger than love? Finny. The End. Well, that's it for this episode. This has been Reset and Try Again. Written by Arena Summer. Narrated by Seard. Theme music, Spirited Away, by Guillaume. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next month for another one-shot. See you next month. Till next time. Happy listening.